Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, mate, we're talking some rugby league and how good we've got Adrian Morley on the line. He's joining us from the UK this morning. He's played up in the Super League. He's played in the NRL, regarded as one of the biggest imports to come down here and smash his way around for Sydney City, winning a title. Um, and just an all, all good, good, good GC, mate. Absolute good bloke. Morning. Uh, it's actually evening there. Good evening, Moz. Uh, Adrian, I'm going to call you Moza. Adrian Morley. Yeah. Good evening, mate. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm good, Kemper. Yeah, so it's uh, it's in the evening over here, but I know it's morning over there. So uh, I'm I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. What are you up to these days, Moz? Yeah, so I'm not involved uh, in footy anymore directly. I, I do a little bit of media stuff, but I'm doing uh, working recruitment now in in construction. So it's a a bit of a change from uh, from from the rugby league, but something I enjoy. And um, as I say, I still. Still love the game of rugby league, but I'm glad I'm not involved day to day. So I get me my weekends back and, and summer holidays and Easter holidays, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, life's good, mate. Adrian, it's Ricardo here, mate. Interesting you see that you work in recruitment because that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Our Warriors are looking light in the propping department and according to <laughs> our man Kempe here, they're going to they're gonna probably look to add one or two before the season starts. And I'm thinking, where are they going to get them from? Probably uh, your part of the world. So, I mean, if you're a recruitment manager for the Warriors looking for a young prop out of uh, Super League, where would you be looking? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the forwards who have gone to the NRL from the UK have have, have tended to do uh, tended to do really well. So uh, I know there's a there's a lot of good young youngsters uh, running around over here. There's a there's a lad at, uh, at Leeds Rhinos. I think is the best young front rower in, in the Super League. He's he's got Polish uh, parents. He's called Nikolai Oledzka. Uh I think I think he made the uh, the England team in the World Cup without actually. Playing any games, but I think he's a he's a fantastic prospect, and uh, I think uh, he'd love to try his hand in the NRL at some point. But you might have a hand, job on your hand getting uh, getting him away from Gary Etherington at the Leeds Rhinos, but I think he's a he's a one for the future. Well, Adrian, it's Izzy here, mate. Appreciate you coming on the show. Just regarding the big man in the game of league, there was a comments regarding Asafa Solomona down here. He plays for the Storm. He's a big man, and he's saying that the NRL or rugby league is shying away from the big man in the game. Do you still think the big man, the props and the middles, have a real big influence in the game of rugby league at the moment? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, it all depends on how many uh, interchanges you have. Obviously, the more... Interchanges you have, there's there's more of a room for for the big fella. But if they start uh, limiting the the interchanges, uh, you know that's when 
you want a more uh, mobile, a more athletic type of front rower. But I still think there's there's room for uh, for the size and the um, you know the the aggressive front rower. So yeah, long, long may it continue. I say. Hey Moz, what do you remember of those early days, mate? When you come come out of uh, out of Manchester and and you know you're playing alongside the likes of um, you know myself and and Anthony Farrell and and those guys. And did you ever think that the NRL was on your radar? No, I didn't. It was um, um, yeah, it was you know I was just focused on playing for the the Leeds Rhinos and and we had a. We had, a, we had a great squad and, and we had we had some good laughs uh, along the way, Kempi. But it probably, if I was going to look at the NRL, it probably would have been later on in my career. Uh, but it wasn't until I um, I toured with Great Britain in '99, and we played the Aussies up in Brisbane, and that's when uh, the great Arthur Beatson <clears throat> come up to me in the players' bar and said, "We want to talk to you about coming out and playing in in the uh, in the NRL." But Graham Murray, who, who I got on great with at the at the Leeds Rhinos, he got the head coaching position there a couple of weeks later, and that's when I thought, you know, if I'm ever going to go, it probably would be to, to team up with, with Muzzer again. And uh, yeah, I was only uh, 23 year old when it, when I went out, so I was still a still a uh, young whippersnapper then. But <laughs> it was sooner than I thought. But you know, as a when I played with you as, a, as an 18 year old Kempe, I didn't think, you know, in uh, in five years time I'll be. Going down under on my own and and uh, playing my trade in the NRL, mate. I remember. I remember here. I got to uh, taken down to the training pitch, and Sonny Bill Williams was training down the back here at the Warriors. And I said, I went back in. And I said to Ando, um, mate, they've got a kid down here. His name's Sonny, and he reminds me of Adrian Morley because I'd just retired after playing with you. And um, yeah, the rest is history. We didn't sign him. He went to Canterbury. Um, but, the, but, the, but, the, but the but the shoulder charge. What were you? What were you? You like when the they they ruled the shoulder charge out? What was your initial thoughts when you said, "Oh no, I've got to wrap my arms around him"? Yeah, I was, I was pretty gutted. Gutted, really, Kempe, because that was uh, you know a bit a big part of my game. I used to love the I love the physical side of me, but the, the shoulder charge was was. Uh, I thought it was great, you know, it was something that made uh, our game unique compared to other, other codes. And I don't, I don't know, I still don't understand why they got rid of the shoulder charge. You know, it wasn't as if people were getting, um, you know, chronically injured because of the shoulder charge. And the crowd loved it, you know, the, the players loved it. Uh, yeah, so it's still a, a bugbear of mine that they got rid of the shoulder charge. So I was very disappointed, so I had to change my, uh, my, my style of defence. Obviously, Adrian, you're a lot better looking than Sonny Bill Williams as well. So there was that differentiation. Uh, but I do have to ask you, mate, when when you shifted from Super League to NRL, uh, what was the difference for you and, and how, if it, at all, did you have to change your game? Yeah, it was a lot more um, intense and competitive uh, week to week. So uh, when I left the UK, there was, there was Leeds, Bradford, Wigan and St. Helens who were like... Uh, you know, when you played against them boys, you didn't know who was going to win. Then there was like a another tier, the sort of Castleford, Warrington, and and you know the top teams could it'd be tough for a while, but you could beat them. Then there was another tier who who were they were quite poor. You know, Huddersfield, uh, Wake, uh, Salford, Wakefield, but in the in the NRL there, there was no uh, soft teams. You know, home or away, no matter who you played, you was in for um, a full on game. So. It took me a bit of a while to get used to the the week to week intensity, but but once I did, I I, lo- I loved it. I loved uh, playing in the NRL. It was uh, 
it was great. You know, I thought it brought brought the best in in me as well. Well, Kevin Sinfield has chanced his arm in the game of rugby union now. He's coaching in the England group. Was that something that ever crossed your mind? Maybe potentially getting into the coaching gig. And what do you see see the game of league offering to the game of union, and and why the England went down and and hired Kevin Sinfield? Well, I did I did try coaching when I finished, but uh, I coached the uh, the Leeds Rhinos Academy for a season. But I, I knew I knew it wasn't for me. You know, there were some parts yeah. of of the the job that I did like, but you know, I didn't get the same enjoyment out of coaching as I did uh, through playing. So I've got to try it, but it wasn't for me. It's not for everyone. But just just in terms of uh, rugby league play, I think rugby league has got a, a great reputation. Um, Compared to rugby union, if you look at the the, the national sides now in in, in the UK, um, I mate Mick Forshaw, he, he's involved with uh, with Wales now. Kemper, uh, mm. Kevin Sinfield's there, you know, uh, England and Andy Farrell's doing extremely well with uh, with Ireland. Sean Edwards has been uh, he's been involved in rugby union for for a number of years. So I think um, you know, with, with rugby league guys are, are really well thought of, and I think they're doing a they're doing a great job uh, in the other code and. Uh, I got I got chatting with um, uh, John Clark, who's, who's an ex rugby player. He, he was involved with England with with Eddie Jones, but Eddie Jones is a massive uh, rugby league fan. Obviously, he, he grew up uh, in in Sydney, and he he's a big South South Sydney fan. But you know he, he can't speak highly enough of the code, and it's a it really is a a boost and a shot in the arm that you get. You know, rugby union people uh, enjoying our sport, and, and it's great to see the. The league is doing well uh, in the other cold. Well, you probably know this already, but Kempe loves a chat, loves telling plenty of stories. And no <laughs> one ever comes on and tells stories about Tony Kemp. Do you have any stories that spring to mind about the one and only Tony Kemp? <laughs> Radio no, worthy. It was, uh, it, uh, yeah, no, it, it, was, it, was, it was great uh, with, with me, Kempe. And, yeah, I'd only played a, a few first-team games when he came to... The lead rounders, but our first game together was was away in Dublin for uh, the lead rounders against uh, the Wigan Warriors in the, in the Charity Shield. But it was just great to, to be away, you know, when you don't know your, your, your new signings, your new teammates. To have a, a couple of days away, uh, you know, play the game and then get on the drink. It was uh, <laughs> we, we got beaten the game, but it was uh, a competitive game. But I, Dublin's a fantastic city, and we uh, we stopped a few. Uh, Pints of Guinness going bad on that trip, and uh, no, it was it was great to uh, great to get to know him then. Adrian, uh, I guess it's one of the cultural things that you would have had to deal with when you came to Australia is the fact that they don't have any decent beer. How did you cope, and 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 was there one that you <laughs> you found that you could cope with? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I used to drink Guinness uh, in in England, but uh, it doesn't travel well Guinness, so uh, I couldn't find a decent pint in, in Sydney, but. Um, yeah, I wasn't too precious about um, about about the lager. Um, I think two two is new was my uh, my drink of choice. But uh, but yeah, I'm not as I say, I'm not, I'm not too fussed. I'm not a connoisseur, so uh, as long as it's as long as it's cold and wet and, and and it does the job, I'm quite happy with that. Mate, are you on, are you on the speaking circuits over there? And have you got a little story, league story that you you tell on the circuits when you're out there guest speaking? Have you got one for us? Uh. No, I do. I do a little bit of guest speaking, just a bit of Q and A, but uh, uh, it just goes through the the uh, the career really chronologically, and then um, 
And that's about it, really. You don't get a mention, unfortunately, Kent. People, uh, Barry Mack gets one. Uh, when, when Barry Mack, Barry McDermott, we, we always used to meet at Birch Services to go across the M62 from Lancashire. And, and Barry McDermott wasn't there this morning, but he was he was very punctual, Barry. He was always on time. Anyway, he wasn't there this particular morning. And then we thought, we're going to have to go. Otherwise, we're going to be late for training. Though. So we jumped in the car. And then we heard on the radio where... Last night, Barry McDermott, the Leeds and Great Britain prop, has become the first man in England to be arrested using CS gas. So that was uh, <laughs> that was the reason he wasn't at training, and that was his his claim to fame: the first man in England to be uh, arrested using gas. But uh, look, the size of Barry, though, uh, I think uh, they would have went through a few canisters. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to we're going to have to do something else on the big man. Uh, Adrian, there's a lot of talk at the moment up in the, up in the UK about Super League reinventing itself and having to having a look at the way that the game is run up there and, and things. Uh, with the CBA down here in the NRL and the increase in the salary cap here, do you see? Uh, are you worried about potential player drain out of the UK? Yeah, that's that, that is a worry. I mean, um, you know, there's, there's seven or eight. Um, you know, English players down there, and you know, why wouldn't you, if you're a young English player, why wouldn't you go and try your arm in Australia for, for more money and you know a great lifestyle? So, I think there will be a, a bit of a drain, but you, you can't you can't blame the the players. And you know, I'll be honest, when I speak to young English lads, I tell them get out there in the NRL. It's uh, it's, it's great for your development and it's great for your uh, just the experience. So, yeah, I think um, it does need a bit of a uh, a shot in the arm, the Super League. I know they've signed this deal with the the big media uh, mogul. Um, yes, hopefully that will promote the game. You know, we'll, we'll get more sponsors involved, more money. But it it, it it does look like it's stagnating at the moment, which is a little bit of a worry. But fingers crossed, they'll be able to get back on track and um, and get it up to to, to where it belongs as uh, you know the best product on uh, on Sky. Well, unlike you, Moz, you're in a couple of my stories when I do guest speaking. Um, one in particular, that night you and Terry Newton were waiting in the cab when I walked out of that nightclub. Um, and, and, the, and the other one, um, when Moz actually talked to me and told me not to take you when the European Cup was there and I found you in the streets of Leeds dancing on the tables about an hour later. So, <laughs> <All right. laughs> Mate, thanks a lot for joining us on Izzy and Kippy for breakfast, um, brother. And I'll stay in touch uh, on the page with all the Leeds boys. Good to hear your voice and uh, look forward to catching up with you. Hopefully at the end of the year might make a trip up there just to have a, about one or two points again. It's not 50 like we used to. Yeah, no, it'd be, be great, Kempi, and my, my pleasure. Great talking to you. All the best, guys. Have a good evening. There you there go. What a legend. Mate, what about that text? What about that text? Did he, he destroyed Villasanti in that final in 202. The Roosters <laughs> gave us a little bit of hope going into halftime, 8-6, and then bang. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, they say they say that when when Villa went down, Freddie goes to kick the ball, Villa gives him one, and then he goes in and finishes him off and splits his head and woke up the beast and Adrian Morley, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like he, 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 he was an eighteen year old kid. He was like it's a true story. When I went down the back of the the, tra- the Mount Smart Stadium, it's all sunny, run run around, went back and said, "Mate, it's closest oh. closest I've seen to a kid called Adrian Morley." Um, and the rest of his history was sunny, but. Uh, just a great kid to boot. Came out of the back of Manchester, out of Salford. Um, him and another kid called Terry Newton, who's no longer with us now, um, and just took this, the competition by storm, mate. 
as a kid, and then obviously Arthur Beetson, who's got a great eye, brought him down to Sydney, uh, Sydney City, and the rest is history. Won a final with Ricky and and um, loved the lifestyle, Danny. 